0: Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you for this beautiful vision of the abundant life that you have called us and invited us to live in you, that we hear in these scriptures. So we pray for the help of your Holy Spirit that you would guide each of our feet into this beautiful way. We pray through Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Two of our Sunday school classes recently gathered together to celebrate Bob and Elsie's 60th wedding anniversary with them. 60 years together. Isn't that amazing? In a culture where many marriages, or quite a few of the marriages of uh, well-known celebrities only last 60 hours, what a joy it was to get together to celebrate their long and beautiful fidelity to one another their long and beautiful fidelity to one another. And you know, for someone whose parents divorced when I was in my 20s, these wedding celebrations and anniversaries that we mark together in the church always have a way of touching me in ways that surprise me, that catch me by surprise. And it happened when we were all together with Bob and Elsie two weeks ago. You know, my parents and my siblings and I have experienced a pretty miraculous healing with one another since that painful rupture many years ago. Sometimes uh, folks here at East Chestnut feel so surprised to see my whole family sitting in a row together here church when they all visit. But because of my parents' divorce, I have personally needed to look elsewhere, especially to the church, to you, and especially to the family that I married into. And I'm so grateful that Lois can be with us this morning. I've needed to look elsewhere for the role models of marriage that are lasting and loving. And you know, as we sat there with Bob and Elsie, I caught again a beautiful vision of two lives lived side by side and shaped by God from beginning to end. Your marriage, I told Bob and Elsie, is a wonderful witness to all of us of God's steadfast love which hangs in there with us forever. In my email to you this week, I sent you the link to a video showing the physical transformation of a young woman. How many of you were able to watch that? Well, in that video, I'll describe it for you a little bit, we see a flurry of makeup, hairstyling, and special lighting, and this woman's appearance suddenly changes right before our eyes. Then, with the help of Photoshop, her neck is lengthened, her figure is trimmed, her lips and her eyes are suddenly enlarged. And the video then ends with that airbrushed image up on a billboard on a busy street. And all of a sudden, all of us realize that the youthful images of physical perfection that we see all the time and that we often compare ourselves with are total fabrications, Total fabrications. This video got me to thinking about what a grim and depressing vision our culture often has for how we are to live our lives. You know, if you watch our movies and, and, and read our stories, you're given the impression that we all hit our peak very early in life. Maybe, what is it, late teens, early 20s? And then we spend the remaining three quarters of our lives trying to hold on to our youthfulness. And worst of all, this shallow, skin-deep vision for life leaves us completely unprepared, completely unequipped for aging with grace and gratitude. doesn't show us how to do that. So friends, I have some wonderful news for you here this morning. In the Christian life, we don't peak at 20. Thanks be to God. And you know, I think that's good news if you're in your 20s or if you're in your 80s. As we heard today in 2 Corinthians 4, even though our outer nature is wasting away, and I feel that some days when I'm walking to the third floor of our row house, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed and can be renewed day by day by God. Dear friends, the Christian life is a journey in which our Lord Jesus, His compassion, His courage, and His vision are being progressively shaped in us until our very last breath. It's a life in which we never stop Learning, never stop integrating, never stop maturing and growing to the full stature of Jesus. It's a life in which we are no longer repulsed by our aging bodies. Why? Because they are temples of the Holy Spirit. And as we heard in Psalm 92, it's a life in which even in our old age, we continue to be fruitful, full of sap, full of sap, full of life, and full of love. That's the vision that we are given. And here's where this connects with our worship series, dear friends. For Christ to be fully shaped in us requires a lifetime of healing. Welcoming God's healing in our broken places. Setting aside, as Hebrews 12 says, our pain and our sin and our hurt through prayer. Working at healing in our relationships and becoming channels of God's healing For everyone around us. A week ago, Irvin Stutzman, executive director of our Mennonite denomination, spoke to our Atlantic Coast Leadership Conference. And he told us something that I will not soon forget. He said that there is no healing in our lives that is more crucial than the healing that needs to happen in our families. Nothing, he said, releases God's love to flow through us and nothing blocks it more than the quality of our core family relationships. If there is unresolved pain with our parents, with our kids, with our siblings, then he said we will inevitably transmit our inner turmoil to the world around us. But if there is healing, we can transmit God's grace instead. So, dear friends, what are we transmitting? How about you? How about me? You know, this is challenging stuff. Very, very challenging stuff. I see it in your faces right now. God knows I feel the weight of this in my own family as well. And for this challenging work, we need role models, don't we? We need mentors. We need people who show us the way. People who have their eyes set on Jesus. And I think here of one saint in our midst, Marcus Smucker, whom we lost two years ago. You know, in Marcus, we saw someone who, though he was experiencing physical decline, was still inviting God to renew and refine him to the very end. Amen? Deeply committed to this. In an interview with our local paper, I'll send you the link if you're interested, he said this, Our culture sees aging as a wasteland. Our culture, he said, sees aging as a wasteland, but it's not true. There's still crucial work for all of us to do, he said. And what was that crucial work for Marcus? Well, after ministering in faraway lands like Oregon (laughs) and Indiana, what does he do with Dottie? But come home to Lancaster, to spend his final years as a healing presence in his own family and in our Mennonite family. Our reading today from Hebrews 12 helps us to glimpse a great mystery That we are part of a vast communion of saints, a great cloud of witnesses encompassing those who have come before us, those who are with us here today, and those who are still to come. It's a great fellowship, as one of our hymns puts it, of friends on earth and friends above. I love that line friends on earth, friends above. And today, you're invited to come forward to light a candle of thanksgiving to God for one of these friends. To thank God for a beloved saint here at East Chestnut who was a role model to you, perhaps brought healing into your life. Or perhaps you want to light a candle for a beloved family member, a member whom you're especially missing here this morning. We invite you to come down the center aisle, and then you can go back to your seats by the outer aisles. And we especially welcome children to come forward, to remember someone that they was especially dear to them, and uh, if they would come forward with a parent or grandparent. Friends, as we see each other come forward now, let us remember who among us is grieving a recent loss or still mourning a loss long ago. May the Holy Spirit... Soften our hearts toward one another as we sense the burdens each of us are carrying. And may God's healing flow within us and between us. Let us now begin by lighting candles of gratitude for the faithful lives of two saints whom our congregation has lost this past year. We light a candle of thanksgiving for Pat Eichelberger, who returned home to God this past April. And we light a candle for Becky Hur, who returned home to God this past August. Please come forward.